Vietnam is an intriguing country, famous for its coffee culture, its specialty chocolate made from local beans, its French influences, its resilient people, and much more. If this is your first time in Vietnam, we share everything we learned during our month in Ho Chi Minh City and Hanoi. Welcome back to Finding Gina Marie, where we share our lives as full-time travelers and the connections we make along the way. If you're new here, welcome. I'm Judy. And I'm Kevin. This was our first visit to Vietnam and our first time to be in Southeast Asia. Previously, we'd been in Japan for over a month, so arriving in Vietnam was a bit of a culture shock. Let's talk a little bit about what's involved in getting here. First of all, you need an e-visa, which you can apply for online, and it's good for up to 90 days. Give yourself enough time because it'll take at least three full working days to process and then you may need to resubmit it if there's any errors or problems with it. You don't want to be turned away at the airport because you don't have your visa. The e-visas cost $25 for single entry and $50 for multiple entry. We travel on Vietjet, which is a very budget airline. They weigh everything, so you won't be able to get away with heavy bags even if the dimensions of your bags are within limits. And we weren't able to check in the first time online, so we had to check in at the airport which meant they checked everything that we had, weighed our backpacks, weighed everything, and we had to pay for our luggage to be checked. We didn't have to worry about our backpacks. They worked out fine as a personal item. And for our next flight, when we were able to check in online in advance, we didn't offer to have them weigh our backpacks and they didn't ask. Our first stop was Ho Chi Minh City, where we spent three weeks. I was surprised on exiting the airport that it had such a huge area for the exit where people were waiting to meet someone. It kind of felt like a big plaza almost. It's a little sweaty out here today. <laughs> a lot more muggy than it was in Japan. A lot hotter too. And to get to our Airbnb, we use Grab, which is an app for your phone. Don't get scammed. Similar to our experience in Egypt, someone wanted to try to take our bags to help us get situated. You need to be firm and not allow a stranger to control the situation in order to avoid being taken advantage of by an overpriced taxi. Grab works great. Now that you're here, there are several things to know about. Number one is that ATMs are pretty much everywhere, so you don't need to rush to get money when you first arrive. You can wait until you find something local. And if you're using a grab, you don't need to have cash. All that can be paid through the app. For our whole time in Vietnam, we used a combination of cash versus cards. And we really didn't know the rhyme or reason of when a particular vendor would take cash versus cards. So you should have both on hand and be ready to use either one. Their currency is the Vietnamese dong. The denomination runs in the thousands. So when you see a cost on a board or on signs, you may need to add a few zeros to it. They may just say 20, but that means 20,000. So one US dollar is equal to 24,518 Vietnamese dong as of this the day we're recording <laughs> this video. As for language, 85 to 90% of the people living here are Vietnamese. Of course, that's the official language. However, English is spoken in the touristy areas and major cities. We could nearly always communicate what we needed to by gesturing or using Google or Apple Translate. As far as water safety, do not drink the tap water. Drink bottled water or filtered water only. Vietnam is known for its drinking culture, specifically beer. If you can get liquor, you're allowed to drink it. There's no minimum age to drink. Vietnam is a long, narrow country, and there are very different weather conditions depending on where you're visiting. We visited from mid-October to mid-November, and we were very hot in Ho Chi Minh City, but in Hanoi we were cold and needed jackets and long pants. And of course we couldn't travel to Da Nang because there were so many floods and torrential rains. 
You may know Ho Chi Minh City better as Saigon. In fact, the airport abbreviation is SGN, but the signage all says Ho Chi Minh City. Its name was changed to Ho Chi Minh City to honor the Prime Minister from the North, who had declared independence back in 1945. There's a lot less sensitivity now, which speaks to the resilience of the Vietnamese people. And you'll still see plenty of Saigon signs throughout the city. Christmas isn't a national holiday, but it's one of the four main religious festivals celebrated in Vietnam. If you're looking to escape cold weather or looking for an inexpensive family holiday getaway, Ho Chi Minh City has a Christmassy atmosphere with loads of decorations honoring the season. Traffic is a very big part of Vietnam, so let's dive into it. There are 65 million registered motorcycles in Vietnam, equaling about two-thirds of the population. And that was in 2020, so you can imagine it's even worse in 2024. And Ho Chi Minh City is the largest city in Vietnam, and its traffic reflects that. It can be intimidating as a pedestrian, so here are a few tips. Cross at the crosswalks, gesture with your hand to show where you're going, and if you need traffic to slow down or stop. Walk decisively. The traffic will be anticipating your next move because it's somewhat of a frenetic dance. So don't hesitate or retreat because that's not what they're expecting you to do. You don't really care that it's green for pets. No, doesn't matter. And don't be surprised if you see motorbikes driving on the sidewalks as well. So you need to be paying attention. Tied to the motorbike culture, there's a huge number of people whose job it is to offer security for parked motorbikes. Hanoi isn't as big, and although there's still a rampant motorbike culture, it's not quite as congested as Ho Chi Minh City. I think that has to do with Hanoi not being as spread out as Ho Chi Minh City. We haven't been to central Vietnam yet, but in response to all your great feedback and recommendations, we'd like to go back and visit the central part of Vietnam next month. Right now, we're thinking our home base is going to be in Hoi An, and we're going to spend about three weeks there. So if you have any recommendations, especially if you have some non-touristy things for us to do, please let us know in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Our goal, as always, is to make a deeper connection with the people of every country, including Vietnam. If you've been here for any length of time, you probably know that we're huge coffee fanatics. But did you know that Vietnam is the second largest exporter of coffee after Brazil? Much of the coffee is iced and sweetened with condensed milk. In the north, it's called brown coffee, and in the south, it's milk coffee. It's even more popular in Hanoi, but we had delicious egg coffee in Ho Chi Minh City, too. And I really am not quite sure what it's supposed to taste like, but it's hot. And I didn't have to ask for it to be hot, so... Um, but it's very thick and creamy. Mm. Okay, my understanding is that it has sweetened condensed milk in there. I can believe that because it is very sweet. Um, but it's not like it's a layered where I'm getting a drink from the top and it's all sweet and frothy and then I'm getting liquid underneath. Somehow it actually tastes all mixed in. Would you order it again? I don't know how many calories it is, but calories aside, it's quite tasty. What we didn't catch on camera was my hilarious reaction to the bitterness after I'd gotten through the top layer of the coffee, which actually was layered after all and not sweet. The most traditional and popular coffee is called fin coffee. The fin is a device used to brew coffee and is typically made of stainless steel and fits over the mouth of a cup. Because the coffee used with a fin is coarse ground, it takes about five minutes to drip through the device. Taking such a long time to drip, combined with the high ratio of coffee to water, gives it a stronger and bolder flavor, similar to espresso. Yeah, it is bitter, and it's not terrible, actually, just like that, but I will add something to it. <laughs> and here is the condensed milk, and that's stir, and you can try again. 
Oh. It wasn't so bad. I mean, it's, it wasn't so bad. It, it, it will probably grow hair on your chest. But <laughs> no, I like it actually. Yeah. Really? It's a good flavor. Yeah. Wow, so strong. Wow. Well, I mean, if you've had uh, a shot of espresso, you know, that's pretty strong too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah espresso. Yeah. <laughs> Our favorite place in Ho Chi Minh City was this obscure restaurant that you would miss if you didn't know where to look, called Ghee. Kevin had something called cheese coffee. It's clear that we never heard of it. And they had the most amazing croissants that were served fresh and hot. So delicious. Definitely a French influence there. Our favorite coffee shop in Hanoi was this coffee shop on the second floor called Hidden Alley. And it's squeezed between two very prominent shops. If you blink, you're gonna walk right past it. But there's a great hipster vibe energy and really great coffee. Sadly, Vietnam has experienced its share of war, including the Vietnam War that pitted the communist government of North Vietnam against South Vietnam and its main ally, the U.S. Here, the war is called the American War. There's a bit of propaganda at the War Remnants Museum in District 3, but we encourage you to stop by and spend some time here. It's always enlightening to understand history from the other side to get a fuller perspective. The Agent Orange exhibit is especially powerful. There's an impactful monument nearby to commemorate the Buddhist monk that calmly allowed himself to be set on fire in 1963 in the middle of a street to protest against the persecution of Buddhists by the U.S.-backed South Vietnamese government. It's worth taking a guide with you to experience it. We covered this site during our Three Coolest Neighborhoods in Saigon tour, which is linked in the description below. If you've never been to Southeast Asia, but you spend time in Europe, it may give you some familiarity that there's a good amount of beautiful French architecture and influence from the period when Vietnam was colonized by France, beginning in 1877. The French brought urbanization to Vietnam, but at a cost to the local Vietnamese. Just a few places where you'll see French architecture include Ho Chi Minh City's post office, the Opera House, City Hall, and many other places. Hanoi has a French Quarter with wide tree-lined streets that contrast with the more traditional Vietnamese narrow alleys of Vietnam. There's also Hanoi's Opera House and its Presidential Palace. Before we talk about Vietnam's amazing chocolate culture, we're excited to share that we've started our own absolutely free community forum that we are calling La Familia. You can ask questions about trip planning and all things related to travel there. A video with the details is linked in the description below. So if you know anything about Judy, you know that chocolate is a good part of any trip. And in Vietnam, we learned that Socola means chocolate. One of the places we think is worth visiting is Maison Maru. We didn't initially realize that it's a chain scattered throughout all of Vietnam, but that's okay. It was great chocolate. We stopped in for lattes and a cookie or a muffin. It's not a cheap meal, but it will give you the luxury chocolate fix if you're craving one. And I've been trying to get this the entire time we've been here, and it just hasn't worked out. So I'm delighted to get to sample some. Everything you wanted and more? I'd say it's, it's worth good, having. Good win for all the walking today. Yes, definitely earned it today. Yeah. Right outside our hotel in Hanoi was Alluvia Chocolate, which is noted as being proudly crafted in the Mekong Delta. It's also worth a visit. We brought some chocolates back to our room as a delicious midday snack. One of the most local experiences to have is to eat at one of the many, many open-air restaurants that have small, colorful tables and chairs. You'll save a lot of money this way. When seeking out a place to eat, similar to food carts, go to places that are busy where you're seeing food made fresh and not sitting out. Some of the food we saw in District 1 made us a little more cautious about where to eat, 
And these very local places aren't on Yelp or have Google reviews. You'll find Western food here like burgers and pizza, but we hope you make an effort to enjoy the local flavors. If you go to a conventional Vietnamese restaurant, it's a little unexpected and a little unnerving just how many people are standing by your table. A waiter or server may be staring at you while you're looking at the menu, waiting for your response. Rice paper. Rice paper. Also note that orders arrive at the table as they're ready, not all at once. The flavors in Vietnam are as diverse as the weather. In the north, most of the food has fairly moderate seasoning and flavors, a calculated harmony between yin and yang. Food is spiciest in the central region, though. In the tropical south, foods here tend to be sweeter. And it's cold. It feels like it will be refreshing, which I think is pretty common here. One of my favorite meals was at 82 Cafe Rooftop, and it included grilled pork on noodles with fresh herbs, vegetables, and comes with a dipping sauce. I mean, it's quite good. Flavor's excellent. Spicy? No. No? On our tour, we learned that the Vietnamese people typically go out to eat for breakfast, but it's usually one of the local neighborhood food carts. People would stop by the market each day for ingredients for lunches and dinners, and that they'd cook at home. And we learned that people are really focused on fresh food. Fresh meats, fresh vegetables, everything very fresh. So they don't really shop for a week's worth of groceries at a time. We were surprised by the takeaway culture. Our guide showed us this huge market where people stay in their motorbikes, order and grab a bag to take with them so they don't have to park their bikes. Southeast Asia doesn't really have a bread culture, but thanks to the French influence, bread and baguettes are very popular here. Banh mi is a quintessential example and it is a common breakfast food. A visit to Vietnam wouldn't be complete without enjoying pho, a flavorful soup made with aromatic spices, herbs, and slow-cooked bones that have been simmered for hours to extract nutrients and flavors. The medium rare pork uh, beef will continue to cook and will infuse with the uh, flavor from the broth here. And if you have a more adventurous palate than ours, you'll find an assortment of coconut worms, ant eggs, grasshoppers, and crickets. <laughs> but your mileage may vary regarding these delicacies. We had no intention of finding out what we might be missing. And when it comes time to leave Hanoi, their international airport has one of the nicest lounges with some of the best foods we've eaten. All right, let's talk about what we paid. Our Ho Chi Minh City Airbnb was $675.19, or $22.51 per night. Our Vietjet flight to Hanoi was $151.98. Our single entry visas were $25 a piece. Our grab from the airport was 100,000 dong, or $4. Our hotel in Hanoi, in Old Town, was $503.89, or $71.98 per night. The War Remnants Museum entry fee was 40,000 dong, the three coolest neighborhoods in Saigon tour was $74.12 for both of us. We spent 190,000 dong at Ghee Coffee, and that included a coffee and a croissant apiece. Lunch at 82 Cafe Rooftop cost 178,000 dong for both of us, which included fried rice and seafood for me and Judy's grilled pork and spring rolls with noodles. We spent about $11 for a visit to Maison Maru. Lattes were 150,000 dong, or $6.15 a piece, and their muffins and cookies were about 60,000 dong. 
Expensive, but a nice treat if you can fit it in your budget. Entrees at the street were 185,000 dong for my fried rice with seafood and 125,000 for Judy's pho. Kevin's broken rice with pork ribs and sausage was 140,000 and my braised roasted pork with braised pork hot pot and sour soup set was 150,000 dong. Kevin had strawberry tea and mine was lemongrass, each for 80,000 dong. Three chocolate bars from Elavia were 300,000 dong. And they were worth every bit of that price. Our Hanoi beef noodle soup was 135,000 dong, fried spring rolls were 95,000 dong, and Kevin's Gao Lo noodles dish was 135,000 dong. A two-liter bottle of water was 10,000 dong, or about 41 cents. Once again, you'll find cheaper food options at the informal food stands with colorful plastic chairs. As we mentioned, we're going back to explore central Vietnam from Hoi An. And we'd love to hear your suggestions and comments and anything you have to tell us in the comments below. We'd love to have you subscribe and follow along with us on our trip back to Vietnam and all of our travels. And check out FindingGeneMarie.com where you can find our La Familia forum and a lot of great articles. Until next time. Until next time.